is the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. So you are on a date and you exchange pleasantries, you fire off questions about how your day was, you ask how long you've lived here, maybe how long you were married for, details about your jobs. This is a very friendly conversation with some occasional smiles. But then after about 45 minutes, there's this awkward silence and your date seems kind of disconnected, uninterested, not engaged, answering everything with one word like, yeah, uh-huh, right, great, and maybe some niceties back and forth. And in the end, your date says, oh, it was so nice to meet you. And perhaps maybe you can even remain friends, but ready, wait for it. I just didn't feel the chemistry. Wah, wah, wah. Did you guys ever experience that? And you realize there's this familiar pattern of you having dates that always feel like a boring Q&A session. And it results in this thing called being in the friend zone. And you understand the importance of learning how not to be boring, but it's hard to know how not to be boring. And more importantly, you don't flirt. You don't flirt. And here's what a lot of you say about that. The thought of being playful and flirtatious just causes a ton of discomfort. Or maybe you are waiting to feel those sparks until you turn it on. Or you're waiting for the other person to show more interest. Or maybe you just don't know how. But whatever the reason is, that slow to warm up or that gap of time, if you will, or even that stiff and serious energy causes a lack of attraction and often you fall into the friend zone. And what also might be happening is that you are focusing on factual stuff, maybe a little bit more of a surface kind of talk and conversations when you're on dates or you're meeting people versus being playful, sharing personal stories, adding more emotion and passion in the way that you talk with people. Because at the end of the day, I tell this to everybody that I work with, what makes someone feel attracted and connected to you is based on how they feel when they are around you. So it's not about the facts. It's about the feelings that are solicited. And the name of the game is learning how to do this, of course, is practice, 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 working on the delivery of your conversations and breaking routines. And the more excitement and fun you invite into your life, the more fun and positivity you will exude. And that is attractive. You know, I just came back from my dating retreat, and it was one of the things that everyone came back with was there's this sense of playfulness and openness and positivity, and they're just looking at the world differently. And because of that, even just in a short couple of days since being back, they are talking to people they never would have talked to and and even just seeing people differently. Here's the thing. Maybe you're too stuck in a routine or you're lacking the mindset of spontaneity. And that comes across 
and the way you talk and the way that you're just being in life. If you've ever met a person who seems excited by life, notice what's going on with them in their body. Notice the excitement, the voice as they are saying things. They're filled with so much happiness, purpose, adventure, excitement, spontaneity, wonder. And because of that energy, you might get attracted to that. Well, think about if you were like that, where you went around life not reactive to, well, who's going to be giving it to me? But what if you were proactive with it, that you went through life with this energy that just draws people to you? And this isn't to say that any kind of routine is bad, but if you tend to be stuck in a rut and there's a little like predictability going on, that boring pattern of everyday humdrum in your life has maybe worn you down and left you jaded or negative and even fearful that your ideas aren't even interesting. So you hold back and there is nothing flirtatious about that. And that is when you often might fall into the friend zone and people say to you, you know, you're such a nice person, but I didn't feel the chemistry. Want to just be friends? Like that is the worst in my opinion. I remember working with this guy who, well, look, I, I work with a lot of people who fall into the friend zone at first and I, until I get my hands on them and then I create monsters in a, in a very good way. But this one particular case jumps out in my mind that I want to share with you. He Always was falling into the friend zone. Real analytical guy. I think he worked in data and really, really nice, but so overthinking and analytical and regimented in the way that he would have conversations or even proceed with women. And here's the thing he was trying to learn how to be flirtatious in a cerebral way. Well, that never works out, by the way. So if you're trying to be more in your body and learn how to play, it doesn't make sense to try to learn it in an intellectual way by reading a bunch of stuff. And that's what he was doing. And so he joined one of my programs and we work closely together in being more flirtatious and open and almost having like this kid-like state. And to his surprise, he had a lot of social anxiety coming in. And at, at some point, he did hire me where I did do a wing girl session with him. And when we were out in the field, I noticed how stiff his body was. He was hesitating so much. He was literally scared to death to talk to the alien women, as he called them. And the first thing he asked me is like, well, Kimmy, can you just give me a line? And anytime somebody asks me that, I say, no, <laughs> because a, what is a line? A line is something prefabricated. It's not authentic. And the receiver always feels it that way, that it's not authentic, that it is just a line. So I taught him a few tricks that I always teach my clients, including my social engagement formula, where I had him get out of his head and get into conversations that were more storytelling in nature so that he seemed more interesting, more personal. And we just practice. We practice, practice, practice. Loosening up his body language. We also had to tweak the way he dressed and even the way that he had conversations during the initiation phase. And to his surprise, not only did it get easier, but it actually became fun. 
And with that kind of new flirtatious energy, he brought it back to his hometown and he started dating up a storm and he even formed a social group, which just grew rapidly that he became a leader in and people started meeting in the group and boom, I got a call from him like a month later that he met this woman who he was friends with a lot, but never took the initiative to take it to the next level. And because he had this new confidence, he was able to move the needle and she saw him differently and they ended up in a beautiful, playful, fun relationship. So here's the thing. There is a difference between being friendly and flirting when it comes to attracting a partner, which could make or break if someone wants to move on with you. So you might be somebody who's really social and you have no problems talking to people, but it's different if you're just being friendly versus having intention behind it to show interest in that conversation or just interactions with people. And it's so important for you to get out of this friend zone thing that you might be in, because if you are seeking a romantic partner, it involves a shift from this platonic surface level energy or connection that you're giving out to a potential romantic and intimate relationship, which hopefully that's what you want, right? Like you can go on LinkedIn and get a bunch of platonic interactions. You can go to a business meeting and have some transactions, right? But that's not what you're here for. At least for some of the clients that had listening to my podcast or coming to my programs, they're wanting something more. Also, staying within the friend zone often leads to a lack of clarity about your intentions, and that results in missed opportunities in attracting a partner that could be right in front of you. And I know what you're thinking, Kimmy. I know that I need to up the ante a little bit, show a little more interest, but I feel awkward flirting with someone I don't know. And in fact, I'm not sure I even know how to flirt. And I have to get to know somebody and see if there's interest before I would ever show that side of me. I'm also kind of an introvert, so I get a little shy and I do get fearful around rejection. But here's the thing. The truth is, is if you look at the definition of flirting, it is to behave as though you are attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. And that last part, the intention of an outcome, is what stops most people from moving on. It is not worrying about what is next. You know, it's not worrying about getting it right or if you're going to be rejected or if you like that person or do they like me, it's none of that. It is about being really present in the moment and being playful. It's like being a kid. Kids don't worry about this stuff, folks, right? Like you watch kids on the playground, they don't worry about, oh, does Johnny like me or, you know, does Molly want to play with me or I wonder if I should bother that person in the sandbox. no. They just go up to someone and say, hi, you want to play? When did we stop doing that? You know, as we get older, we develop filters. That's what's happened to all of us because of maybe hurt that has happened or we're worried about, you know, what other people think or feel based on our previous experiences. But if we break down those barriers and we go back to the basics of being a kid on a playground, it becomes so much easier and more importantly, fun. 
So there is a difference between being friendly and flirty when it comes to trying to attract a partner, which could make or break if someone wants to move on with you. So I want to go through why you might be struggling to escape the friend zone. There, there are some key reasons, and there's a lot of a lot of reasons beyond what I'm going to share with you, but I find that these five are the most prevalent that I see. All right, the first thing that I see is that you play things way too safe and keep things at a surface level. So what I mean by that is, Maybe you go on a date and you don't compliment that person. You don't flirt with them with the light touches or lingering eye contact. You're always so careful, so regimented not to do anything that might come across, you know, more than friendly. Like you you just don't want to like up the ante. So you are too regimented and boring with your questions. You may ask your date instead of teasing, being playful or telling stories. You might say like, how's the weather or how long have you lived here for, or, you know, just playing it really, really safe. But how are you ever going to get to know someone more than a friend if you don't take risks? You can't get out of the friend zone until you make them see you want to be there by expressing more interest and being more playful. All right. That's the first thing I always see and hear from people. The second reason is that you're slow to make a move or warm up. And I'm talking both men and women have responsibility and approachability. This is not just the man's job, by the way, to make the move. It's also the woman's job to have interest, show interest, turning your cab light on, saying it's okay for the guy to make the move. It's a dance. It's a dance between both people. And when you first meet someone you're attracted to, if you're waiting or hesitating, things are going to die. So you might play it safe again and try to get a better feel of their personality. You're trying to see if you're compatible. You never give any romantic signals. So now your potential date thinks you're not interested in anything but being friends. And when you don't make your intentions clear from the start, you run the risk of missing your chance and you end up in the friend zone, right? That's the second. The third is you're just being too agreeable. Oh my gosh. You know, (laughs) your date might say, oh, my favorite movie is X, Y, and Z. And you say, yeah, me too. And everything that that person says you're agreeing with. So you're always going along with the other person's preferences. You're not expressing your own desires or preferences. And that's boring. You are you might be shape-shifting into what you think the other person wants, just trying to get them to like you rather than being authentically you. You might avoid any little disagreements and opinions. And that just might lead to a perception of platonic connection rather than the romantic tension that is created. The fourth and this is a big one, is a lack of physical escalation. (laughs) Now, you might listen to this and say, well, Kimmy, I don't feel comfortable touching somebody who I don't know. And if that is you, I would ask yourself where that comes from. Like, did you grow up in a home or household where touch just wasn't there? So it's, it's really kind of foreign or Maybe you've been hurt or, you know, a lot of people with physical abuse or abuse in their past, they're a little gun shy to cross that boundary. 
or just maybe you don't think that that is something that you do. And and usually it has to do with your upbringing and what is, you know, the right thing to do around that. But here's the thing. It's not about, you know, petting somebody, you know, on the first date and, you know, being Marilyn Monroe and, you know, having your skirt go up and leaning into the guy. You know, it, this is about these light touches. And at the retreat this past weekend, we role played and identified just some subtleties and what you could do with the nonverbal signals to indicate that there's this physical intimacy happening. You know, when you're avoiding physical contact or maintaining a significant physical distance during the date, you get this weird sense of almost like this distance between you, right? And so again, it becomes more friend zone than something that feels like more passion, you know, when you're with somebody. You might fail to initiate or reciprocate that subtle physical gesture, and that signifies romantic interest. Remember, 93% of communication is nonverbal. So what you say isn't even as important as what is going on in your body and how you're expressing that interest. So that's a super, super important one. And really like take inventory for yourself and what that is for you when you're first meeting people. And the final thing is, is not building emotional connection. This is a big, 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 big one. So you're focused solely on surface level conversations. You might be avoiding deeper emotional topics. You're not sharing things about yourself. You might be failing to establish a connection that goes beyond the friend level, which would be sharing a story, a dream, a passion, something a little vulnerable about you. Let me be clear. This is not TMI. This is not showing up on a date and saying, let me tell you about my horrible childhood and relationship with my mom. (laughs) You know, this is about sharing a window into your soul, you know, of a snippet about who you are. And that could be within a personal story. I have this six-month program that I am now offering people. So if you're interested, definitely contact me where we are practicing with other people. And in this kind of virtual portal, we're identifying different areas where this might not be happening. In the last workshop, people just were clean, came clean and identified, yeah, you know, I I don't feel comfortable opening up and sharing things about myself when I'm first getting to know someone. But because that slow to warm up effect is happening, people don't get to know you. And that that could really make or break whether or not that person feels you or wants to move on with you. Keeping emotions and feelings too guarded, that leads to ambiguity and people not quite sure who you are. So really think about that. I want to read a letter, a recent email that I got from someone that that is like perfect for this topic. This is from Patty. And she says, I want to be more comfortable and confident in my skin so that even though I know I'm beautiful and that I am confident to actually believe it and feel it, allowing me to radiate my light and not feel like I'm too much. I know that it stops me from putting myself out there and flirting when I'm on a date. And often men tell me I'm nice but they just didn't feel the chemistry. I want to feel comfortable letting go so men really see me. 
help. <laughs> oh, Patty. I First of all, I love that you're looking at yourself to see what you can change so that men see you differently. To me, anytime I hear that, I want to help you because that means you know that you have the power within you to change something about you to get a different result. And that's the only thing you can do, right? You can't change other people. You can't change the stuff around you. But there are things you can do to get a different result. And I know it's hard when you are not believing in your own beauty and radiance. And it sounds like there's some fear involved that stops you from really shining your light and allowing people to see that. But it's true. It's not until you look in the mirror and say, I'm the bomb and I feel it. And I want men to see it. Men won't see it, right? Because you're dimming your light as you're going out there that you have the power to change the story in your head and it will take some work on your end to change that result. So the I want to give you a few tips around this and you listening, you might relate to some of the things that Patty's struggling with, and you can take these small steps and see if this will work for you. First, write down all the fears that you have around being seen. You know, what are they attached to? Where have you been hurt? What is the worst thing that can happen if you actually work on being seen? You know, if you put on something and you're going out there and you're strutting your stuff, What's the worst thing that can happen? What are you afraid of? Okay, you have to like really pull in and address that. And the workshops that I do is one thing that we always talk about is kind of understanding your own patterns and habits and things that you're attaching things to. Because until you address the elephant in the room and the fears, it's going to be hard to move on, right? The second thing is I want you to go out and practice being seen. I know that sounds kind of elementary, but here's the thing. Put on a red dress, go out into the world for two weeks, and just notice who's noticing you. Um, at the retreat, there was a woman who uh, came back from the retreat, and she's like, Kimmy, I can't believe how magical this stuff is. She went to an event, and even though it was for all women, she understood the importance of going out and looking her best. So she put on her red dress and she felt fabulous in, and she had the most fun at this networking event. She really connected with people. And after the event, she said, I made the intention to go to the grocery store. She said, now, normally before this program, I would have probably not go to the grocery store all dolled up. I probably would wait till the morning, put on my sweats and just run in the store, grab my stuff, and then leave. <laughs> but she didn't do that. She went to the grocery store and she just owned her luck. And I told her what a beautiful habit that you broke, that you just are getting used to being seen. And I challenged her to now do that for two weeks straight. So Patty, I'm telling you to do that too. And after two weeks, then you may want to up the ante, maybe smile, make eye contact, observe the effects of that with you and what it does for others. You know, how is how is it different then when you're interacting with the world that way? And then finally, practice that using your positive radiance on dates. You know, so first go out into the 
you know, wild, so to speak, practice it and then use that because it's going to be easier when you're on dates and flirt as if you are attracted to every guy you encounter, even if you're not. It's really, really important that you do that. The reason that is, is because when you turn it on and you're more proactive in the way that you flirt, you'll be surprised at then how you might see your date because your date's going to react to that energy. I always tell people that we're like machines. You know, it has to do with input, output, output, input. What you give out is what you get back. Stop waiting for somebody else to give it to you. You move through the world as if you are the bomb and flirt and have fun with everyone and see who gives it back to you because you deserve to be seen and attract the right energy and relationship into your life. There is a difference. Remember, there's a difference between being just friendly and playing it safe versus being flirty when it comes to attracting the partner of your dreams and the right partner, that is. So I hope that was helpful. little dose of inspiration and motivation as we head into the holidays. And thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Make sure you go to my site as always, KimmySeltzer.com, to see more ways I can help you learn how to date and feel more confident. Now, I have something perfect for you if you're listening to this in a timely fashion. And if you are someone falling into the friend zone and want to master the art of flirting, join my upcoming live workshop. And it's happening December 12th, depending on when you're listening to this. But I also have other workshops. Even if you're listening to this, I I encourage you to just check out my website to see what is going on. But coming up December 12th, this is where you're going to learn how to spark your sexy and ignite your flirting skills. It's called Flirting with Ease, and it's an interactive co-ed type of workshop, and it's filled with actionable tips. And here's the best part. I want to give you free access for being a podcast listener, but here's how, okay? The next 10 listeners who subscribe and review my podcast on Apple or Spotify and email me a screenshot of that to hello at KimmySeltzer.com. That is hello at KimmySeltzer.com will get a free access to this workshop. And it's going to be fun. And you can see all the details of the workshop if you go to StopHatingDating.com. But hurry, the free spots are filling up fast. Subscribe, review, and email me to make sure that you get that spot. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.